How's it? <laughs> How's it going, everybody? We are back. Yes, we are back with another episode of Questions Like This. And we are about to embark on a multi-part uh, episodic treatment of one of our favorite uh, film series of all time. A film series that's still going strong, eh, kind of, uh, after over uh, 50 years and multiple actors and directors and even a couple studios in between. We are talking about the one and only James Bond franchise. Absolutely. Um, definitely one of the longest running, continuously operating franchises in Hollywood. Uh, almost nonstop since uh, just Dr. No, basically. Uh, That's right. Probably like the longest break was between License to Kill and GoldenEye. Um, so, um uh, yeah. yeah yeah six years about a six-year break um <laughs> yeah but there's about to be 25 movies of this um 24 yes. was uh specter and there's a lot Oof. of there's a lot of speculation and um drama going on with bond 25 right now so we'll, pro we'll probably figure out uh talk about the current state of the Bond franchise and then what we want to see in the future and what other people have, have thought about wh where the next uh, Bond film should go. And yeah, we'll work our, we'll, we'll go back to uh, Sean Conrad and uh, Sean Conrad. Dr. No uh, <laughs> next time. Yes. So pretty much right now, the state of the Bond franchise in, is in a state of disarray because the director, the current director of the next Bond film, Danny Boyle, just left. Yeah, uh, August 21st, uh, looking at Hollywood Reporter here. Um, yeah, Danny Boyle uh, announced uh, he was leaving uh, uh, Bond 25 due to creative differences. Oh, God. Creative, creative differences can mean like any number of things. Yeah. It can mean any number of things. I guess, I don't know, maybe they they didn't, the producers of Bond didn't agree with his vision of what it, uh, <laughs> of what next Bond should be like. Maybe there was a casting issue. Maybe there, maybe Danny Boyle wanted to write and direct it instead of the usual, uh, uh, brilliant minds of Purvis and Wade. <laughs> um, yeah, it uh, says here, Michael G. Wilson, Barbara Broccoli, and Daniel Craig announced that due to creative differences, Danny Boyle has decided to no longer direct Bond 25. And it might be just a short tweet, but there's a lot of, there's a lot you can extrapolate from that. Just like uh, Alex mm -hmm. said, like creative differences can mean a million different things, but, um, I, I'm guessing, you know, it's uh, uh, there. There's just probably something him and John Hodge wrote that uh, th the producers didn't agree with 
there's a lot of rumors that this uh, next Bond film is going to be uh, Daniel Craig's last one. And, As well it should. Yeah. I mean, he's a, you know, Spectre was uh, Spectre was a mess, uh, especially after Skyfall, which was so incredibly well received. And it was. Yeah. So. Um, it's, it's not the best time for Bond right now. And certainly a director leaving uh, and such a high profile director leaving, too, is um, it's not good, folks. No. No, it really isn't. And not only is that bad news, this might mean, I don't know, unless uh, Michael Wilson and Barbara Broccoli can pull something together with them the next like next like month or so, uh, who knows where the Bond franchise may go at this point because they've already set a release date for 2019. And basically, if you set a release date already, you have to start shooting right now. Yeah. Like right now, actually yesterday. Yeah. Um, it was set to uh, begin on December 3rd, but yeah, unless they can rope in a director um, last week, then who knows what will happen. <laughs> right. And hopefully they won't bring in uh, Sam Mendes again, because yeah. as good as good as Skyfall was, uh, he completely ruined his own uh, credibility with the uh, Spectre. Yeah, that was um, that was really a hot mess. Which, if you look at the cast, if you look at basically, you know, the setup, um, I don't even know how it it messed up the way it did. It's just like completely mishandled. Um, Christoph Waltz as uh, Ernst Stavro Blofeld, it's just so underused, and it's just like the way he was revealed and the way it was set up is just it's just an odd like creative decision for the franchise i know it's like this is bond's most notorious villain a guy who bond has been chasing and fighting and competing against since uh since like the early to mid 60s yeah and this is this is how you introduce him in your new gritty uh, christopher nolan-esque uh, bond universe yeah um, it's also weird that they have, uh, that they created this kind of like shared childhood of, of Bond and Blofeld. It's yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe they saw, um, maybe they saw the last Austin Powers movie and took inspiration from that. I guess. I don't, I don't know, man, but yeah, the writer just left as well. It was reported about an hour ago that he also left John Hodge. Damn. Yeah, well, um, that's not surprising considering his frequent collaborator, uh, Danny Boyle, left. But, man. That's right. No, it's like they've been working together since uh, since train spotting. So yeah. I, complete, I completely understand why he left in solidarity. Yeah, so that um, that clearly does not look good. Uh-huh. No, it doesn't. I'm reading on BBC right now. Uh, Paul Ferrer, he wrote on a Twitter, uh, usual creative differences is he wanted to make his own movie, but Bond producers wanted to do as they have done for the last 50-plus years. Okay, I, I get it. I get it. 
you know, for Michael Wilson and Barbara Broccoli, you know, this franchise is very near and dear to them. They're actually, uh, uh, they're actually related. They're a stepbrother and a stepsister. They're, uh, their dad was the, of course, the legendary producer, uh, Albert R. Covey Broccoli, yeah. who helmed the, the Bond franchise for so many years up until his death in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I understand why they would want to keep it in the family, so to speak, do things their, their own way. But we live in an age right now where you can't just do the same thing over and over again and hope people flock to it. Yeah. Um, I guess also that's kind of like the the failure of Spectre was that, uh, yeah, Skyfall brought um, some uh, noticeable changes. Uh, I guess primarily like there's no more Judy Dench on the franchise. Uh, I know. But... I don't know. It feels like Spectre, like Bond's character, was just trying to be another in another Bond movie. And yeah, he was wasn't say. really evolving from what happened in Skyfall. It was kind right. of it was kind of like you know, Quantum of Solace was just like a nothing movie after Casino Royale. But that's the problem, though. With the newest Bond, they're trying to make it more more or less a continuous sequel to the previous film for some odd reason. Yeah. And no, that that's not how Bond works. Bond needs to be like a Black Mirror, Twilight Zone-esque uh, anthology series with new adventures for each uh, each film. That's what's kept it going for so many years. Yeah. I mean, what's, what's kept it going too is that, um, of course, the villains and the Bond girls, but it's just... Just the way that um, Bond changes and changes, and it's like it's it's the same person, but his character evolves. Exactly, and I like how it it eventually evolved to to Daniel Craig's character, who in the beginning basically had to earn the right to call himself 007. You know, he was just like you know, like hey, I'm just you know James Bond. I'm working for the MI. Six, this is my first mission, you know, hope it goes well. But over the course of the film, we see him eventually turn from normal, average, uh, super spy James Bond into absolute legend 007, right down to his completely cold uh, personality. Yeah. And I think, you know, um, like what you said about the franchise, like just trying to... I guess, keep the classic elements without really understanding why those classic elements uh, came about at the time. I guess, you know, it speaks to um, the franchise probably not taking enough risk at this point. Right. But they have to. In order to survive, they have to take all these risks. They have to do what... uh what Ryan Johnson did with the, with the Last Jedi, who basically said, "You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna ignore over 40 plus years of uh, of Star Wars uh, myth and lore and everything. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna create my own thing. Let's yeah. see how it works out. And I'm gonna slap the Star Wars name on it. That's what they need to do. They need to have a director and a writer, for that matter, who have the balls to basically say, you know what? We're gonna turn Bond on on its head." Right now, we're going to bring some uh, some changes to the character, maybe even to the overall story that lifelong fans might not agree with, but it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And I guess that brings us to another element, which um, 
a lot of people have been talking about the past, well, I guess basically since 2015 and even before that, um, mm-hmm. who should be the next Bond? And uh, wh- what what do we say when we're looking at, like, um, who who or what can be James Bond's character or who can, who can portray James Bond, you know? Well, right now, I mean... Look, Daniel Craig is approaching, you know, 50 years old. I think he is going to be 50 this year. So I say the ideal Bond at this moment is someone who's got to be in their maybe mid to mid to late 30s. You know, def- definitely has – or maybe not. You never, you never know. Like definitely, you know, obviously has to be British, of course. But you know what? I feel like it's time. It's fine. It should be time. I mean, it should have been time a long time ago, but it should be time right now to have, you know, a person of color play James Bond. Yeah. Um, I guess basically the requirements for James Bond is that um, the character has always been floating around like 30, like, I don't know, 30, 35 to like 38 probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and British, of course. Um, of course. Or, or at least uh, somewhere in the Commonwealth. Um, we'll, we'll talk about George Lazenby when we get to him. <laughs> but um, I mean, you know, um, uh, Pierce Brosnan is Irish. Uh, uh, Pierce Brosnan is Irish. Connery is Scottish. Yeah. Timothy Dalton is Welsh. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, basically. Although I, I guess Ian Fleming um, eventually ma- uh, made the actual character of James Bond of Scottish descent as well. Um, yeah. He pretty much after Connery, he didn't want Connery for, for the role. Yeah. He, he, didn't. Uh, <laughs> he didn't want Connery for the role, but after the success of a uh, doc, no, they, uh, he basically created an entire, uh, Scottish, uh, backstory for yeah. Bond. But you know, what? um, that doesn't necessarily have to impact what happens in the movies. And I mean, clearly the franchise has, has ignored uh, Ian Fleming's novels or short stories um, plenty of times oh, no, before. They, they've, they've gone through all of them at yeah. this point. That's the thing. You know, once you've exhausted, you know, through all the novels and the short stories, you know, once you no longer have the blueprint that's guiding you on your quest to make this film, it's up to you to come up with your own unique idea for how Bond should be portrayed. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess was it was it in Skyfall or um, Spectre where it said uh, where I guess it was Skyfall, right? Where Mallory, uh, aka the new M, said like James Bond is kind of like a relic of the Cold War. Oh no, that was uh, Goldeneye. Was that? Yeah, that was, was that Goldeneye, really that yeah. long ago? Yeah, that Damn. came out 23 <laughs> years ago. Yes, this was like the new like like the new PC James Bond who still did whatever he want but basically said like, you know, yeah, you're a fossil. You need to adapt to the times otherwise I'm not going to I'm not going to rely on you anymore. Man. I feel like yeah, but did, that didn't... I feel like that did also come up in one of the more recent movies though. Yeah. No, definitely. But the thing is, you don't want a guy who's in his, like, you know, you don't want to be like what happened with Roger Moore, yeah. who kept portraying Bond until he was 57, 
and in his last film was like betting 25 20 to 25 year old actresses yeah <laughs> they're like uh, fucking um get dr- dressing up in a clown costume <laughs> oh god yeah it's like oh thank thank you for being the world's uh, oldest clown in this I, I appreciate that is this you trying to bring you know humor to, to your role which i mean you don't really fight you have enough quips already to last maybe 15 movies yeah look <laughs> don't get me wrong i i got nothing against uh, roger moore uh, portraying Bond at all, may he rest in peace. But I just felt like the majority of his films were, you know, like eighty to ninety percent quips. Yeah, um, Roger Moore certainly was not my favorite Bond either. Um, no, but he's got he's got quite a few good ones, you know. And for some he people, does. he was uh, their idea of James Bond because he's just been Bond for so long. <laughs> right from 73 to 85 jesus yeah. i i guess when you look at it from a certain perspective you you can look at it as that like you know oh this bond is uh, you know is so uh, so intelligent and so charming he doesn't need to use his fists to fight it's like to get the to defeat the bad guy get the girl and save the world yeah but um, back to I guess what what's next for the Bond franchise and um, uh, talking about mm-hmm. bringing some dark skin energy to the Bond franchise. I guess the name that's yes. foremost on people's lips is Idris Elba, and one mm-hmm. I do think he'd make a good James Bond. But I guess the age thing also comes into it. Yeah. Um, no, because he's like in his late forties right now. I think. Yeah. He's 45, so yeah, he could probably play James Bond yeah. for two or three movies. Yeah. Oh, and he just—I uh, just read Idris Elba confirms he won't be the next James Bond. Really? Yeah. Unfortunately, not. Um. Well. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> ne- never say never. Never you know? say I mean, never. Never say never again. Never... Oh God, we're gonna have to talk <laughs> about that film, aren't we? Of course we do. <laughs> But I know, um, I know. yeah, uh, I guess Idris Elba was one of the first people, people, uh, one of the first actors that people think of when they're talking about uh, black James Bond. But who else yeah. can we put up on the list? Uh, let's throw some names in the ring. I I was thinking someone like you know Chiwetel Ejiofor. Yeah, you know. Um, He's quite young, but um, that'll give him some chance. Uh, well, I guess uh, he's not that young. He's 41. But, man, black really don't crack. It really does not. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor. Um, who else? Um, hmm. I'm trying to think. It's a very, very good question. Um, he's a little young at this point. Maybe in maybe in ten years or so, you could cast John Boyega Probably. as James Bond. Yeah. 
I was also trying to think of like British Asian actors, you know, Indian actors play James Bond. Um, can't think of any <laughs> at the moment. But um, yeah, just there. Uh, I think at this point, um, just try anything for uh, literally, literally anything. Guys. Or it's like you could. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe have a female James Bond. Maybe. Um, well, maybe we could have a twofer and bring back Grace Jones, but this time as James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just inject some extreme melanin into the franchise again. Absolutely. Or what about a gay James Bond? That could work. Yeah. Although I guess, um, well, we'll see. I guess James Bond has always worked as kind of like a, a like a pansexual or bisexual type of type of character. I mean, he's a spy, so yeah. I'm sure there there'd have been some missions where he could conceivably, uh, you know flirt with men right as women i mean i guess there's there's bits of that but we'll see no because there's uh there's a moment in a skyfall when uh he's confronted one-on-one with uh, javier bardem yeah and javier bardem like starts putting his hand on the bond's legs and bond remarks like you know you know this is this isn't my first time you know like going down this path or something like that yeah i'm like you know oh okay and then uh, Javier is like, oh, Mr. Bond. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he was a pretty good villain, Javier Bardem. He was. Um, it's, wow. But yeah, I, I guess it, Javier Bardem is just good in most movies he's in. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a shitty Bardem role. Um... um... Uh, oh, um, the latest Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, that's true. Um, I think that was one of the movies where he's not, like, I I don't know if he's not hamming it up enough, or, like, maybe he's just on a different energy than the rest of the cast, but, yeah. Well, well, he's acting like a man who knows he's going to get a gigantic payday. Yeah. <laughs> But it wasn't like seeing him in Skyfall, uh, No Country for Old Men, or even fucking, um, I guess. Like, even like Vicky, Vicky Christina, Christina Barcelona. Barcelona. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, not even at, that. At least, it, at least in that, you know, he was actually very, very charming. No, yeah. Um, a man. Uh, <laughs> Anton Anton Chigger is just um, is just a weird oh my fellow. God. It's a very weird fellow. That that whole scene with like him in the gas station, yeah. him flipping the coin. Oh my God! Heads or tails, call it. But what 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 do I call? Just call it. Just call it. <laughs> It's like, uh, and then like the gas station apparently guess uh, the gas station attendant apparently guesses correctly and is just like, here you go, 
Don't put it in your pocket. Or it will become just another coin. Which it is. Which it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like towing the line between suspense and uh, and levity. Yeah. And he does that to <laughs> he does that to perfection. Mm. And of course got the Oscar for it, which he more than deserved. Hell yeah. No, yeah. Um and it was like that as as Raul Silva too, where it's just like he's weird enough it, it, it to be unset unsettling, but he's also like capable. Yes. Yes, absolutely. He's a guy who's very, uh, very unpredictable. You don't really know what he's going to do next, but because of the way he talks to you, you're so captivated, yeah, like by his performance that you don't actually care. Yeah, he's got like a deep ass voice, and he's just like he's always talking in like that kind of like slower inflection. It's it's yeah. it's like this weird combination of like slow fast, where it's just like. Yeah, yeah, he'll sound very smooth, but he'll but he'll also emphasize things by like talking quickly. Right. Um, but you know, uh, that's one of the things um, that's key in the Bond franchise, as we said, is the villains, and uh-huh. we've already mentioned where it, they misused basically um, Christoph Waltz. Which, I, I don't know how you do. That's damn near impossible. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought at this point you can just put any old script in front of Christoph Waltz and it'll just knock it out of the park, but guess not. I guess you need a Tarantino behind the, behind the camera. Yeah. To, re- to really get his uh, full potential. Yeah. Man, um, yeah, I remember watching *Inglorious Bastards* and just being blown away by his Hans Landa. Mm-hmm. And then, yes, ah, like, that's a bingo. Yeah. the 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 it, the opening sequence of like how um, what's her name, Shoshana's family was yes killed. Oh my god, it's just so unsettling and, and like. It is. Toes the line between, like, you know, it's like he's, he's obviously a piece of shit, but he's just like, <laughs> he, he can talk to people in a way that kind of like heightens the tension, but also disarms them. Uh huh. But yeah. Uh huh. Um, and, and the same, almost the same way in a Django Unchained as well. He's almost seen, it's like a complete opposite. You know, he can be violent. When he wants to be, but he's also seen as like a, a calming figure yeah. to the audience. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, funny story for Django. Um, I watched it opening weekend and I, I don't know why, but for some reason there was like a black family that came in with children like legitimate like elementary and like middle school age children and they were watching Django and I'm like okay I get you want to take your kids to the movies and like this is a great movie but this is probably not the movie you take your children to (laughs) (laughs) right 
Um, yes, there's there's a lot of good scenes of slave owners being killed, but probably not the best uh, movie for children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably not. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I just feel like blood like shooting out like seven miles away whenever people get shot. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's classic Tarantino, man. It is. Yeah. And of it course, is. um just like the use of uh, Tarantino's favorite word, the N bomb, like throughout Oh it's yeah. just, my God. <laughs> Yes, his uh, almost liberal use of uh, the N-word. Yeah. Oh, my God. How, how does he get away with that shit? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. It's, I, I always feel like there's this kind of, like, uncomfortable glee whenever, like, there's... Like whenever there's an actor that says an N bomb, well, a white actor particularly that says an N bomb in a uh, yeah in a yeah, every, Tarantino every movie, time it's like Tarantino cracks like just the faintest hint of a smile. Oh no, he does more than that. Every time a white actor says the N word, he literally creams his pants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll probably we'll probably <laughs> talk about that. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about him in another time. But yeah. I'm sure we will. <laughs> so, you know, I guess Bond villains now have run the gamut from the silly to the threatening to the comic uh, to like comically ineffective to kind of like not even there. So like, yeah, what how can the franchise kind of fix this problem? Right. That is a very, very good question. I think you know. I, let's let, let's let's go back and and talk about like some of the classics. You know, um, yeah, Auric Goldfinger, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, the original Blofeld. Uh huh. Um, um, Francisco Scaramanga, of course, played by Saruman, played by Lord Summerisle. Uh, <laughs> Played by Count Dooku. Yeah, and um, uh, fuck, um, live and not die. Uh, Kananga. Oh, uh, uh, Kananga. Yeah, Kananga. Yeah, aka Mister Big. Yeah, and um, I guess another part would be the henchmen too, but we'll talk about that after we talk about this. Um, I mean, I, I also yeah. enjoyed uh, Le Chiffre. Oh, he was good. And he was good. Um, World is not enough. Uh, I guess the unexpected. Um, <laughs> uh, Sophie Marceau as the Bond girl who turned out to be a villain. That's right. Oh, with a fantastic uh, supporting cast uh aka renard aka uh robert carlisle aka, AKA franco begby aka franco begby no dos cons gonna be leaving here till we find out what con did it <laughs> i can't feel nothing it's just like uh electric kings like rubbing ice all over him <laughs> <laughs> pretty much <laughs> Pretty much, you're literally introduced to him 
in Train Spotty by him finishing his beer and then chucking it off the like chucking it off the platform behind the back and winding up to hit somebody in the head. You ever watch Angela's Ashes? Uh, no, I haven't seen that. Yeah, it's uh, Robert Carlyle in a dramatic role. Huh. Yeah, it's it's All weird. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my. <laughs> um, yeah, you know. I guess I bet maybe I've mentioned this before, but um, I know for most of his life, uh, Robert Carlyle does not have a mustache. But just a picture of him w- without a mustache is just so unusual for me. I know he almost looks like a completely different person, like yeah. he does in the world is not enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Man. Uh, he was, um, I think he didn't have a mustache when he was in uh, 28 Weeks Later. No, no, I don't think so. Yeah. I think that was actually one of the first movies uh, where, I, where I saw Jeremy Renner, actually. Really? Yeah. Aha, interesting. Um, oh, yeah, he was in SWAT. Jeremy Renner. He was. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know. What 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 kind of, what would you do to fix a villain? Like, I what guess you, like they, they didn't, uh, they didn't use, uh, you know, Christoph Waltz in the right way. And then, no. um, who the fuck was in Quantum of Solace? Oh, it was, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mathieu uh, Almerique. Okay. Yeah, he's, uh, I mean, he can be menacing if he wants to, but he's just as forgettable as that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly. That, yeah. Movie's o- that movie's only remembered for one thing, and that's the opening car chase. Yeah. Um, but what do you do? I guess I'm pretty sure that the producers of Bond are looking at the modern uh, action movies nowadays and trying to take a page out of their book because right now they're basically considered the the grandfather of the action genre. I guess, you know, maybe you could do it from a, from a number of perspectives. You can make the villain, you know, somewhat realistic. You could take the Black Panther approach and have the villain's plot to, you know, incur wrath upon millions actually make sense. You could, uh, I don't know, you could do like another, uh, you know, man with a golden gun and have the villain be, you know, Bond's equal in every single way possible, except that he took the path of villainy while Bond took the path of being the good guy. There's a number of different ways you can spin this, and I'm hoping that for the next one, they don't just go into, you know, oh, like, you know, I'm going to destroy the world kind of thing. I'm going to hold the world ransom for, you know, a hundred billion dollars or something like that. Yeah. Um, I think like this generic doomsday villain type of bond villain is so overdone. There's, there's been so many different villains with like, kind of like this vague, uh, yeah, just, I don't know. I want to be the only newspaper in China or some shit. 
Uh-huh. Which, uh, oh my Tomorrow god! Never dies. Actually, was that one? What was that? <laughs> why was that? Why was that the main plot? Exclusive broadcasting rights in China for the next hundred years. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, sure. It's a very specific plan. I don't know why uh, James Bond would would be the one to stop you, but you know it. it I guess. Yeah, it's a, it's also the ones that uh, tomorrow never dies and the world is not enough. Uh, Pierce Brosnan keeps getting those two mixed up all the time because he, I don't think he he even knew what he signed on for yeah. <laughs> after Goldeneye. Yeah, and you know you start off with Goldeneye, um, strong, strong. You know you're off to the races, and then yes. Then yeah, you know, road bump. Uh, <laughs> road bump. And then another road bump. And then car. And then crash. It, <laughs> and then you no no, and then you like drive off a cliff. Yeah, yeah. die another day. That and one. <laughs> that one was a real piece of shit. It. Oh my god! I saw that in theaters. I I did too. Out. And with and when the invisible <laughs> car came on, I was like. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> I, I know. That, if you can believe it, that was my introduction to Bond. That really? was the first Bond film I ever saw. And I thought, like, you know, I thought this was the norm. Just like, you know, oh, uh, Invisible Cars. Okay, cool. And he's uh, uh, kite surfing on a uh, clearly CG uh, wave right now. Um, uh, hmm. And there's also uh, something called the gene mutation, where you can basically, <laughs> if, if you're if you're Asian, your ultimate goal is to become a white guy. Yeah. Wasn't that also with the uh, North Korean general who's like also yeah. frozen? Like, yeah. I'm gonna go weird sub zero powers. It, yeah, I think what was it? It's like the North Korean uh, general who's supposedly killed, but he. Like he survives, and there's like he does like that gene mutation therapy to turn into uh, to turn into like the pasty pale British guy. Yeah. Um. Uh, okay. Which um. I don't know. Sign me up, quote unquote. I I mean I guess I just the the biology of I yeah. <laughs> it's. Well, I, it, it does have a it does have a one plus. This movie it's got Halle Berry in it. Yeah. Um, but she does. But she does play a character named Jinx. So that's true. Um, who who wrote that? Who wrote that? I know it was Purvis and Wade, but they're. Uh, God. I think it's just Purvis and Wade. Let me see. No, there's usually like a third guy that does it who literally does all the work and they take all the credit. Oh, no, you're right. It is. It was, it was just Purvis and Wade. That, um, that's probably why. Wow. <laughs> the world is not ready okay. for the unfettered uh, imaginarium of Purvis and Wade. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Um, actually, I think the first I, Bond movie I watched was World Is Not Enough. 
That's a good one. Well, I mean, good in the sense that good you can watch it. Good in the sense it. that it was not die another day. <laughs> I, I know. And that <laughs> and that's being generous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, like we said, um, for a lot of people, Roger Moore was James Bond. I mean, for, for, for you know, for me, like, I always thought of Pierce Brosnan as James Bond and then oh, me too. of course I ended up watching the other Bond movies and like yeah Sean Connery Same. um Sean Connery's probably my personal favorite yeah um yeah I'd probably say so yeah. as well I mean you can't go wrong with sure Sean no you can't when he orders uh a vodka martini, shaken, not stirred. Yeah. In that in that first ever performance, when he says the line, you know, my name is Bond, James Bond. And in fact, when Sean Connery uh, went to his uh, audition for James Bond, uh, the producers initially didn't want him, but when he walked out and he walked to his car, the producers remarked how he walked like a panther, and hired him immediately. Yes, that was the actual line. He walked like a panther. Yeah, she was dressed like a bomb to the audition. <laughs> That's right, he was. It was a very laid-back approach, but I guess when he opened his mouth, he blew them away, no pun intended. Yeah. And the last shit about... Uh, Sean's post uh, James Bond career the better well I mean Sir Sean has had a number of great films over the years after James Bond you know he did Highlander and he did The Man Who Would Be King and he did Finding Forrester and A Bridge Too Far and but then and The Untouchables and he, he did uh, the Avengers, and he did the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah. Oh boy, Indiana Jones too, of course. But oh, and um, of course, of course, of course, Indiana, Indiana Jones is Henry Jones Senior. We named the dog Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> we named the dog Indiana. <laughs> so we named oh, the yeah. dog Indiana. You're the man now, dog. Uh, it's, Here's a here's a fun here's a fun list. Um, actors considered uh, for the role of James Bond. Um, some surprising names, but also some not surprising. Um, I want to pay particular attention to <laughs> Dick Van Dyke, and the re oh reason given his quote unquote English accent failed to appeal to producer Cubby <laughs> Broccoli, which um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> What? <laughs> oh no! With with his uh, perfect English accent, how could he possibly go wrong? With his with his perfect Cockney accent, my God! What? That, thank you, one and all, for your kind support. For your kind support. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining Bert the Chimney Sweep as Bond, James Bond. <laughs> oh my God, that's awful. Oh my God, that's... Bond does a little... Uh, and Bond does a little uh, uh, soft shoe right before he... Uh... God. 
<laughs> before he uh, yeah. fires the Walther PPK. <laughs> yeah, that's um, we missed out on that. We we need to be uh, yes we, we did we, we need to build like one of those sliding doors that goes to another universe and see where this happens. I know, absolutely. Um, uh, Michael Caine uh, was, consid- was considered, but he didn't want to be typecast in spy movies because he was in the Harry Palmer movies. He was, and then he did. Then he did. A, a, was that Carter a part of that? I think so. I think so. Yeah. I gotta I gotta confirm that, but yeah, I think that was the same. Um, Let me see. Series. Um. Let's see. Terrence Stamp uh, was also considered, but apparently his ideas for future films felt too radical for producer Harry Saltzman. Too radical, huh? Yeah. I'm curious now what that means. Um, yeah, what what does that mean? So if you, uh, if you ever wished for General Zod or um, I guess a prophet from Halo 3 to be... Uh, <laughs> to be james bond we missed out on that one too i know uh, there was also a uh, david niven i know uh i know ian fleming really wanted david niven to play bond yeah 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 um eventually uh he did play james bond in a parody movie casino royale oh that's that's right with the with peter sellers where everybody was james bond yeah and ursula andrus came back that's right, with a real voice this yeah, time. Yeah, with a real ah. voice this time. Where she just sounds like every Swede ever. Right. <laughs> and, oh, God. Her name in the first film was Honey Rider. Yeah. Oh, even better. The full name for that character is Honey Child Rider. Hun- Honey Child Rider. Oh. Uh, by oh. the way, Jamaica, like, no black people, huh? Well, except in that bar. Yeah. Except in that bar. But, yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, Saltzman and Broccoli, you go to you go to Jamaica and you don't, like, film any people of color? Well, I mean, I, I guess uh, there were no black people in the GoldenEye estate. <sighs> right. The GoldenEye estate was in Jamaica. Yeah. Oh, that's, that is weird. Like, the yeah, I guess we'll talk about this next episode, but like Dr. No, like I didn't hear a single sentence of Patois. No, no, not at all. It's, yeah. uh, I don't know. Who wrote that? Who wrote that? Hang on. <laughs> Dr. No. Also, of course, Dr. No is a classic case of a uh, white person being a Chinese person. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That was, I think that they, was weird. I think they even talk about Patrick Wiseman being orientalized but, but with the, by the makeup team. Right. That, yeah, that was bizarre. That was <laughs> bizarre. And, like, that, that faux, uh, that faux uh, Asian accent that he did, it's like, you know, you're trying to be intimidating, but you're just coming off as incredibly offensive. Yeah. Right now. Oh, and uh, how about this? 
there was a one of the first ever Bond girls was a woman named uh, Miss Taro, who's supposed to be Asian. Yeah. And yet the actress that played her was from Kenya. Yeah. She's not even black, too. She's a British Kenyan. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, it says here, mother was of French descent and grew up in Leicestershire. Leicestershire, yes. And she was uh, <laughs> cast, because of her exotic look, she was cast notably in ethnic roles and mainly as a, either, like, like, mainly as Asian women. I guess when you... I guess this is back when, if you come from, like, uh, if your family comes from, like, south of France or something, you just, you're just, like, dark enough to pass off as, like, not pasty right. British. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's cool. But, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's go back to some of the other people considered for James Bond. Um, let's see. I know uh, before uh, before he eventually took the took the role. I know Roger Moore was considered early on to play James Bond. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan was also considered um, before uh, you know uh, GoldenEye, but um, mm -hmm. he ended up being uh, Remington Steele. That's right, and uh, Roger Moore ended up being the Saint. For a number of years. Yeah. Um, here, here's oh. a couple of unexpected names. Uh, Mel Gibson and Christopher Lambert. <sighs> really? Really? Uh, yeah, Mel Gibson... Considered in '87, MGM suggested him for the role, but was rejected. Was, was rejected by Cubby Broccoli for not being British. Well, he's technically Australian. Yeah. Well. Right. Not that it stopped um, the producers before, but uh, yeah. <laughs> right. It's, uh, it, really. <laughs> uh, I don't know, Christopher Lambert. Was he? Was everyone just so blown away by his performance in Highlander that he just had to be considered? I, just, I have no fucking clue, man. Uh, French accent <laughs> prevented him from being chosen. Well, fair yeah. enough. <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, it's like you know, my name is Bond, James Bond. Yeah, oui, oui. Je m'appelle Bond, James Bond. Je suis français. Elle Martini anymore? Oh no! You want to hear a weird choice that they were considering for uh, for Bond? Listen to this, Adam West. I, I need a minute. <laughs> take as much take as much time as you need. <laughs> Man. I know. Uh, Cubby Broccoli actually approached him about being James Bond, 
But Adam West said, no, the character has to be British. Well, good, good for Adam West, you know. Mayor Adam West actually does something yeah. right for once. <laughs> Bat- Batman realized, uh, yeah. <laughs> Batman realized no, but, he was not James Bond. <laughs> but that didn't stop a number of American actors from actually auditioning That's to true. play James Bond. I know James Gar- James Garner auditioned for Bond yeah, yeah. at one point. I mean, uh, Clint Eastwood was also considered. Oh. Yeah. Oh God, Clint. I think Burt Reynolds is also considered as yeah. well. Oh man. Um... Oh boy. Uh, wow, Dick. <laughs> Snow. Oliver. Ooh, Oliver Reed. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. Producers did not want to spend the time or money. Needed needed to reshape Reed's poor public image, so <laughs> so why? Uh, yes, huh? I wonder why they wouldn't agree to work with him. Really, they, it, were, they it, were considering Bill Sykes. <laughs> yes, they were considering uh, Bill Sykes. Um, just seriously, what the fuck? Patrick McGowan, uh, which you recognize as the prisoner uh, and danger man, probably secret agent. Um, Uh But he felt the role was too promiscuous. Really? Um, I don't know what that means, but yeah. Um, (laughs) How about this? James Brolin was lined up for the part, even going so far as buying a house in London for the production before Roger Moore agreed to return. Damn. Really? Okay. That would have been weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of, uh, you know, the man with no name slash Dirty Harry being James Bond. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm still, I'm still uh, puzzled over this. It's like Clint Eastwood. It's like, yeah, the name's Bond, James Bond. Fuck this martini. I'm getting myself a whiskey. I'm getting myself a whiskey, you spook. Oh my god! Oh my god! No, no, that would have been horrible. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been horrible. Oh my god. Um. Oh my God! Look at this, Henry Cavill. Yeah, but I think they said he was too young. Oh yeah, I think he was only like twenty-two when that. Yeah. That happened. Yeah, this was oh, before wait. even fucking. Um, what was he in before Man of Steel? Um, this was even oh, before what, Stardust. Wasn't he in like? No, no, that was after he was. After he auditioned, he, wasn't he in the Clash of the Titans? No, that's he uh, was in a similar movie. Uh, I think it was Immortals or some shit. Immortals, that's it. Thank yeah. you. Um, but um, speaking of Clash of the Titans, uh, Sam Worthington was also considered before Daniel Craig was chosen. Yeah, and Sam Worthington, he's also Australian. Yeah. Um. Has he been in anything recently? Sam Worthington? 
Um, uh, he was in something called Manhunt Unabomber. Was that a Netflix uh, thing? I think so. No, it was on the Discovery Channel. Oh, okay. Really, as a vision as Ted Kaczynski. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I guess uh, I guess he was tired of all that money he was making from uh, from Marvel, so he decided to do this. I, yeah, I guess. Paul <laughs> Bettany as Ted as oh. Ted the Unabomber Kaczynski. Uh huh. Interesting choice. Yeah. But yeah. Um, Clive Owen, uh, also considered, Clive. apparently. Yes. Oh, and they made reference to that in the uh, in the Pink Panther movie, which was an odd choice to put him in. Yeah. But he's like, you know, it's like, I'm Boswell, Nigel Boswell, Agent 006. You oh. know what that means? Of course, you are one shot of the big, big time. Line. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm glad he was able to poke fun at himself, but I think not being selected for Bond almost kind of killed his career. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, Paul McGann was also considered, um, also known as uh, the Eighth Doctor, who... Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not one of the not one of the more notable doctors. Uh huh. But um, speaking of Doctor Who, uh, they finally went with a woman this time. Yes, finally. Uh, what's her name? Jodie Whittaker, I think. Yes. Um, which uh, now, if you watch Broadchurch, uh, you got David Tennant and Jodie Whittaker, so it's just two doctors playing against each other. <laughs> Listen, no matter what, if you talk to like diehard fans about it, they'll always say that David Tennant was their favorite. Um, I think you mean Matt Smith. But we're not going to get into the Doctor <laughs> Wars. Primarily because no. I, I've not seen a single episode of Doctor Who. I've seen one episode. I think I almost fell asleep. Um, I don't think that it's bad. It's just it's probably offensively British for me. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's not our thing. <laughs> Although it does have, like, some uh, really good people in it. Uh, Karen Gillan, um, who's um, who's that guy from the spinoffs? Um, fuck, uh, John Barrowman? Yeah. I think so, yeah. And uh, Christopher Eccleston was a doctor at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Apparently, Sean Bean was also considered for James Bond, but um, yeah, he played. He ended played, up being Trevelyan. Yes, but he was much better as a villain. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. So, like, going forward, right now, what? Who do you think? Um. Who do you think they're gonna get? As the next director, if they get a if they get a director, I have no idea. I mean, normally people would be chomping at the bit to direct a James Bond film, but I don't know. Um, especially with the loss of Danny Boyle, 
um, who's such a high-profile director, um, who had already directed a James Bond-adjacent um, sketch for the Olympics. Uh, uh-huh. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember that. I don't like, think, with... you know, people would be too eager because, like, if Danny Boyle left because of creative differences, then maybe they'll just find someone the producers will just find someone who will more or less follow whatever the whatever vision they'd set out for bond 25 i guess so i actually i just read something um the reason i think one of the reasons that mike wilson and barbara broccoli didn't want danny Boyle, or i guess why danny Boyle left he wanted to kill him off really yeah I think, you know, that that could work. It could. Because, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, maybe James Bond is, it's like 007, maybe it's a, it's a code name. That's yeah. why, like, that's why so many people have had the name James Bond over the years. Yeah, it's a, that's one of the more popular fan theories running around, um, he also was in uh, the comic book League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which is infinitely better than the movies because it's written I think by any... Alan Moore. <laughs> I think anything is better than that movie. Yeah. Well, maybe not anything, but... Most things. Most things. Hell, I think Suicide Squad is better than that movie. Yeah. Um... Okay, here, uh, another film that's apparently happening because of producers they are going forward with a Jared Leto Joker movie why I have no fucking clue man guy only had like 10 minutes of screen time wasn't really that memorable and he gets his own movie yeah I I don't know what fuck First of all, this this new Joker, he just looks like just some like weird ass, like permanently unemployed, twisted, like um, society can't understand me, motherfucker. He doesn't look threatening. No, he doesn't. He looks like, um... oh god, what, just, what's that guy? Sick. Yeah, he's got the grills in his teeth. He's got the green hair. Yeah, I mean, I and he has he's a, a got per- a SoundCloud page. <laughs> He's got a SoundCloud page, and of course Jared Leto, uh, uh, being you know method and in character, uh, sent used condoms to the entire cast. <laughs> that's probably my best. That's probably like my favorite bit of news from Suicide Squad was like him, like I think mailing Margot Robbie a dead rat and also used condoms. I was like, okay, man, I get it. You're twisted. Yeah, but you're not Heath Ledger locking himself in a hotel room for yeah. one month straight, twisted. Unless you kill yourself, like, there's no way you can top Heath Ledger. No, there really isn't. Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker is the best by far, and everyone else's is a pure, imi- pure imitation, except maybe Mark Hamill. Yeah. Like, Mark Hamill was a Joker for me. Yeah, me too. 
And I didn't realize he was the Joker until many, many years later. Yeah, you know, I would. I think it was until I had like a tape of. Um, I think it was until I had a tape of the Batman animated series and like actually read the credits. I was like, "What is? It was Skywalker the whole time." <laughs> yes, I'm listening. I'm like, wait, hold on. Listen closely. I know that voice. Wait a minute. Where have I heard that voice before? Holy shit, it's Mark Hamill. It's Luke Skywalker. Yeah. It's like R2. It's, you know, all it takes is just one good day for people to become the Joker, R2. <laughs> <laughs> and to um, maintain that role for over 20 years. Yeah. It probably got really twisted because he found out Leia was his sister. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty sure the creators of a Batman the animated series were like so tempted to write a, so tempted to, to write a, you know, Harley is Joker's sister line or something like that. <laughs> Mr. J. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. I used to think like Harley Quinn's like trashy tri-state accent was really hot. <laughs> uh, but, but now looking back on it. Yeah. <laughs> leaves a little <laughs> something to be desired. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's it's kind of like the voice like you hear in, uh, in New Jersey or or like Long Island and it's just like some like you know 19-year-old woman with a baby like drinking at a Wawa or some shit like cigarette in her mouth Oh god Yeah <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Um. We, yeah, I think we. Uh, I think we exhausted the list of uh, people considered uh, for James Bond. But um. Oh, besides uh, yeah. Idris Elba, another black actor has been considered. Um, who? Uh, Colin Salmon, the guy who played Charles Robinson, was yes. uh, rumored to be one of the many actors uh, replace uh, Pierce Brosnan. Um, uh, and Brosnan has backed uh, Salmon as a possible successor to Craig, but this was back in 2013, so... Yeah, but Colin Salmon's in like his mid-50s right now, so... yeah. As cool as it would be to, to see him as Bond, I don't think I'd believe somebody in their mid fifties. Yeah, you know, try and that pull would it be off. Incredibly hard sell. Uh, well, they did it with Roger Moore for so many years. Yeah, but I, you know, Roger Moore had the power of inertia. <laughs> yeah, like he's I been Bond so. for so long that it's just. Yeah, we'll we'll have you on. Yeah. Um, I guess apparently Ray Fiennes was considered earlier, but eventually became uh, Mallory. Or M now. 
Also, um, Rafe finds like your name's fucking Ralph, dude. <laughs> but he insists on pronouncing it Ray. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so I guess, you know, um, right now the future of the Bond franchise is still in the air. Um, we haven't even really discussed uh, um, the Bond girl, which uh, is another key aspect of the franchise. But we'll, we'll definitely Absolutely. start getting into it. But yes. yeah, um, if the rumors were true and Danny Boyle did want to kill James Bond, I think that would have been, you know, something of a brave step for the franchise. And yeah, it'll it'll basically confirm the theory that James Bond is um, code name as well as 007. Absolutely. Yeah. But that these are the kind of you know, bold steps these guys need to take nowadays. Yeah. I think, you know, I guess um, you could kind of see, like, you know, I, Marvel movies are, like, invincible now. But, you know, they've been taking a lot more risk than they did. Like, you know, Black Panther, obviously, is uh, one with the, the best villain in recent Marvel franchise uh yeah. Even probably even superhero movies, let's be honest. Yes. Um, and, you know, Thor Ragnarok, which I like, I didn't enjoy it as much, but it's still like something different, you know? It's, um, mm -hmm. it's got it, but it does play more towards the strengths of Chris uh, Hemsworth, who's, he's probably better off being a comedic actor, but he's just like, <laughs> got this bondi body so i know um yeah hemsworth brothers are an institution in melbourne yes um <laughs> but yeah you know um i don't really know what else um the producers we can tell the producers other than um innovate Innovate. You know, reach down deep within your side, deep within within yourselves, and you better pull something out of your ass very soon. Otherwise, after fifty plus years, this franchise might be dead in the water. Yeah, and you know, um, I guess they kind of um, shot themselves in the foot by confirming a, re a release date basically so uh -huh. um, either they take another break like they did between the Dalton era and the Bar Brosnan era or they're probably just gonna soldier on and come up with some something that's just gonna be weird for the franchise yeah so I mean we obviously look forward to seeing what eventually happens, but we're a little bit cautious right now about the direction it may or may not go. Yeah. Um, but uh, just like uh, Death and Taxes, you can always count on there being more Bond movies. That is very, very true. 
And yeah, I guess that we'll leave it off at that point. And um, the next episode, we'll start really diving into the Connery era and uh, the roots of the most successful, I guess, uh, spy franchise of all time. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, thanks for listening to another episode of Questions Like This. And um, yeah, this is going to be a pretty long series of episodes. Yeah. Uh, so uh-huh. uh, sit tight. Uh, you know, go get your popcorn. Go get your licorice. <laughs> some fucking... Some fucking get some, uh, uh, icy. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, saddle up for for the ride. Uh, oh yeah, Strap- and I'm Alex. Strap yourselves in, folks. And get in, loser. We're talking Bond. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, see you all next time. Bye. Take care, everyone. <laughs>